Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming Coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. On Bud Friendly, here's your hosts, Mark and John. Hey guys, that was Cross-Eyed Mary by Iron Maiden. That was a Jethro Tull cover. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for joining us. We had a, a little uh, difficulty getting uh, getting the live stream going tonight, but we are rolling 30 minutes late. So thanks for your patience and thanks for joining us. We're doing something kind of special tonight. We got Bud Friendly, John Astronomy, Mark Striegel, all hanging out here with the Bionic guys. Jay, Jay Bones, our friend, is here rolling video. And what we're going to do is we're going to hopefully edit this all together into a TV pilot, self-financed TV pilot, and we'll see what happens with it. At the very least, I think it'll end up on on YouTube. Who knows? Maybe somewhere else. So having said that, again, we may be stopping. We may be re-saying lines. We, what you're hearing is our, I guess you'd call them the raw takes, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And for all of you guys who had been familiar with some of our other shows, 
that's how we would do it. Sometimes we would stop and would start over and would retake a line. And uh, we're going to do that for you guys. And what you're going to hear tonight is something really special. It's the behind the scenes uncut version. A little behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes that was exactly. bud friendly version of how behind to shoot a TV show. Yeah, and I just listed the uh, the phone number in the studio here in the forums. In about 10 minutes, we'll be open to taking your calls. Um, so let's do it up. Let's start the show. Let's start the uh, the TV show version of, of what we're doing here tonight, right now, with Bud Friendly. Whenever you're ready, sir. Attention humanoids, the silver spacecraft has landed, and its occupants are hungry for rock. This is Talking Metal. And now, your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you, Bud Friendly. Yes, for you guys who don't know what Talking Metal is, it is a heavy metal hard rock show that John and I have been doing since 2005. We've done it in numerous different formats. It's probably most famous as a podcast. Right. We're one of these podcasts. Yeah, one of the original heavy metal hard rock podcasts. I still think we're one of the most popular, most listened to podcasts, if not the most listened to. Right. So it has been great bringing you guys metal. We've had everybody from Ozzy Osbourne to Rob Halford to Ace Frehley to Iron Maiden. Everybody's been on the show uh, at some point, with the exception of Metallica, who we hope to get at some point. Nikki Six, yeah. Zach Wild. I mean, just about everybody. Exodus, Slayer, Dream Theater. Tons of great bands. Absolutely. And right now, we're going to get into a little music, and we're going to come right back at you guys with a little talking metal, talking Iron Maiden. How about that, John? I think it sounds great, Mark. Let it go. Why don't we start things off with... One of my favorite, favorite guitar players who I was just devastated this week to hear that he is definitely battling cancer. This is a two a twofer. Cool. Yeah, twofer of Tony Iommi. Let's start off with a little Holy Water, Gillen Iommi, and we'll follow that up by a song called Nightmare with Black Sabbath. And we're going to come back and talk a little Iron Maiden with you. Our best go out to Tony Iommi in these... Trying times, I guess, for uh, for Mr. Iomi and Black Sabbath.
weather, changing weather, it gets no better. Room for improvement, room for rent, mm, needs money spent. There's no one here to help me drown my sorrows 
and we're back with Talking Metal. Buckle up. Here's Mark and John. How are you? Thank you, Bud Friendly. I'm doing good. Just had a slice of pizza. <clears throat> we are shooting our pilot, our TV pilot here tonight. So, guys, bear with us. Thanks for joining us, as always. The studio line is open, by the way. We have the number posted in the Talking Metal forums. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, maybe I should give the number to Yeah, right? let's yeah. give it to them in case anybody's listening and they're not on the forums. Yeah, let me... Uh, it's 212, I think it's... 575, and I don't know the other four numbers. Yeah, anybody <laughs> know the phone number here? 212-575-3046. Thank you, Nate. Yeah, that is Nate from Bionic. He's working... That's 212-575-3046. Any bud-friendly groupies out there, buds, babes, call, please call. <laughs> any, very any good, of you. very good. Thanks, bud-friendly. Come on, ladies. So we are shooting the pilot. Although He's a very we're powerful some, and attractive I'm, I'm man. Wait, I'm waiting. Yes. Yeah. We are shooting the pilot, but we're having some problems with the uh, one of the cameras, right, yeah. Jay? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. we have like so a let's talk about Van Halen. Here. Yeah. Let's talk about Van Halen, the new single. Uh, we mentioned uh, yeah, that uh, Tony Iommi uh, is sick with cancer, which we're wow. very sad about. Terrible. But next topic is Van Halen, new song out. Yeah. And checked out the video. What do you think? I love the song. I think it's really great. It's called Tattoo. I think David Lee Roth is great. And I love Eddie's guitar sound. Um, that chubby girl they have on bass has to go, though. <laughs> yeah. Wolfgang Van Halen. I tell you, it's like... She's it's, she's she's not up to the snuff. Yeah, I tell you, you know, it's like, I, you know, I relate. I, I got two kids of my own, and, and I'm a musician. Uh, so, uh, not to compare myself to Eddie Van Halen, but, you know. Although, technically, <laughs> there's, there's more Van Halen in Van Halen than ever before. Yeah, yeah. and the thing is, I, I understand how, uh, what, you know, the, the, the bond between father and son, wanting your, your boy in the band. But on, on, on the flip side, I do, uh, I have nothing against uh, Wolfgang, but I do feel that, I don't know. He's not even trying. You know, he as far have, as the look goes, right? The I'm rock star. And, and let's right. let's face it. You call me a poser or whatever, but Van Halen was a band about sounds, innovating new sounds and innovating new looks. And and whether they they don't like it, but they were a big part of of what brought in the whole Sunset Strip right right you know Without glam doubt, metal yeah. mm-hmm. scene and David right. Lee Roth hates hearing that mm-hmm. but come on you yeah know, I mean David Lee know. Roth was one of the first like you know yeah. long-haired blonde-haired looking rockers that set the the stage for like the Brett Michaels and, yeah and the, I, the and, like I mean, and and you know the Vince Neils the, right the Vince Neil Brett, Brett Michaels the the even Janie Lane and and there was yeah. that great quote from Axel, when he was on the uh, Eddie Trunk show, one of the few interviews, the one of the two interviews. I think he's only done two. two Axel's interviews. done like two interviews in the past twenty years. Both have been with Eddie Trunk, right. but the first of those two, which was more of a hang in the studio with Eddie, uh, Axel was telling a story about. I think it was him and Sebastian Bach hanging out at some place like the Rainbow, and and David Lee Roth went up to them and said, uh, "You guys are just imitators to the throne," wow. or something, something yeah. to that matter. <laughs> Need to need to Google that and check my facts, but it was something like that, which is wow. is is pretty amazing. So, anyways, they do have a a new song out, a new tattoo, which I'm being told is based on an old song called well, uh, "Down." What was it? Mm, see that I don't know. Now, what I do know is this: is that 
when Van Halen played the one-off gig at Cafe Wa down in the uh, village area just uh, about a week ago, um, they played a song that was called uh, She's the Woman. And that song was on the Gene Simmons demo that he cut with Van Halen back in 1976. So that's pretty interesting. They're bringing back a real old song, one of the songs that Gene produced for Van Halen, and I'm talking about Gene Simmons of KISS, uh, produced that, and uh, I'm not sure, uh, uh, certain people may not know this, but most people in uh, the rock and roll world know that Gene Simmons discovered Van Halen back in the day. Yeah. Or, or uh, some sort yeah, of he, I mean, idea. I think a lot of people were on to him. They were filling the clubs, right. but he was one of the first like big superstars to kind right. of take them under his wing. And this is that song. I actually have a bootleg of the, uh, of the, the Gene Simmons demos. Uh, she's the the woman. I believe this. Although this may be, this is off of a bootleg record called "That's All, Folks." Yeah, Gene oh, okay. Simmons. Yeah, this is the Gene Simmons de- produced demo of "She's the Woman," which apparently will be on the new Van Halen. Nate, if you could crank up the uh, laptop here. Yeah. Yeah. So leave, leave the mics live, if you if you will, Nate. Yeah. So this is a again a bootleg. Probably recorded in what, 76, 77? 76, yeah. But on the Van Halen tip, and you know, if we get Todd Youth in here later, I don't know if he's going to come by or not. It was uh, thought he might. Todd Youth, of course, plays with Ace Frilly right now. We need to ask him about this, but this 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 new Van Halen single. Now this is that's called Tattoo. Yeah, this is twenty what thirty five years after what you just heard is called Tattoo, and I guess there's some talk that this was potentially an old Van Halen song from back huh. in the day reworked, and some people are even a guy texted me uh, John uh, Simpson actually, and he thinks it sounds like Shock Me by Kiss. You know what? There's a, there's a chord change in there. It's one of the primary chord changes that uh, is a, the same two chord like the interval between the two chords is the same as like uh, the kind of the main riff and shock me so I see where he's hearing that I just think it's a great song I think that the riff is a little more basic than I initially would have thought that it would have been thinking you know what's new Van Halen going to sound like but I love it it's it's kind of a simple riff with um actually some I would say like a lot of the guitar playing reminds me of and this is going to sound totally crazy, but I'm just uh, explaining this to you. Doesn't the uh, the lead, the opening lead, kind of little shout at the devil, Mick Marzi? Yeah, let's uh, check it out. Let's check it out right now. You'll hear what I mean. Let's see. Just that stompy kind of down. No, not even that. That that high lead playing that he's doing right there. That. Right here. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're yeah. saying. Definitely. Like if you hear it at the I, end, I, I will. I will devil. start off by saying I don't like the vocal intro. It reminds me oh, of that, Skyscraper, the oh, second okay. uh, David Lee Roth solo record. Um, not including. When I have to give you my honest truth, uh, honest here opinion go. here. This sounds cool. Yeah. I've listened to this song 
literally about 50 times. I don't times. think it sounds like shock me myself. Yeah. Down, just, out, down. Shock, yeah, shock just me would be like faster. Down, out, down. Right. Just down, a, down, the, down, there's down, like an down. interval there that's the same. But I love the song. I listened to it, I swear, about 50 times today in headphones. And I just think it's a great song. I like the lyrics. I like its very, really simple words. And uh, I think they really have the David Lee Roth vibe written all over them. It's great. I, I would say that uh, I probably watched the uh, Valerie Bertinelli uh, Nutrisystems commercial 50 times today, if you know what I'm saying. I like that. I know what you're saying, definitely. And now, uh, the craziest thing, John and I were at a Van Halen show out in L.A., uh, yeah. what was that, two, late 2007. Seven, yeah. We're, and we're, we're standing out, hanging out with our, our good buddy Lon Friend, which there's actually footage of, of uh, us hanging with Lon Friend, talking Van Halen on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash talking metal, and who walks right by? us Valerie Bertinelli yep. we went up to her and we're like hey will you come do an interview with us mm-hmm. and her bald boyfriend who I believe is now her husband <laughs> like threatened to kill us I think yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was it was it was bad it was and bad. I mean we were a professional television crew out there doing uh, that so it wasn't like we were like you know Derek's I watch all the episodes of one day at a time and I go uh, one tissue at a time if you know what I'm saying Oh, I get it. What's with what's with this? If you know what I'm saying, tagline. Yeah, I, I, what is I got that? that. That's I like that. What is, is that, that? Is that your new saying, Bud Friendly? Uh, perhaps, yeah. That's going to be the for, 2012 for the tagline by cool. Bud Friendly. But anyway, I love the tune. I think it's great, and uh, I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. And and you know me, Mark. I've, uh, I'm, I hate to admit this to the talking metal listeners, but you know I haven't been. Uh, into that much music lately and it's a terrible thing to say and uh, this is one of the albums that I think is going to bring me back into uh, listening to any kind of music well we will see definitely I'm, I'm excited uh, is the camera working now Jay cool Jay we, uh, we were shooting our pilot but, but the main camera apparently didn't work for the first right. We've uh, got 15 about minutes 50 so we may redo some stuff guys yeah. we might re- redo the intro so if you're That's wondering right. why we're, we're starting over again uh, uh, that is why people yeah Cool. Let's go to the phones. Hello, Victor. Hello, Victor. Whoa, some weird feedback. I cannot hear um, the the voice. My voice or anybody's voice. Now I can hear Victor out of my right ear. Hey, Victor, what's up, man? I can hear Victor saying some, hello. There's some sort of weird weird delay. And Victor. I can hear somebody else. Is this Victor from Spain? I can't hear you guys over the phone. Victor uh, cannot hear us. Victor cannot hear us. <laughs> We've done a million of these shows, and the one that we're taping for a television pilot, we're having lots of technical difficulties. Nah, no, no problem. We'll uh, we'll clean it up in the edit room, right? Yeah. All right. Victor, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I don't think you can hear us. Can you? Yeah, uh, we, ha- Jake, we have Jake coming in, know. and he's going to put a patch cord uh, for all of you uh, uh, listeners. Uh, he's gonna- um, I can hear you guys talk over the show, but the phone is completely dead. Okay. And yes, it is Victor from Spain. <laughs> okay, yeah, Victor from Spain. That's good. Thank cool. you for calling in, Victor from Spain. Well, Vic- Victor has, d- for all of you other Talking Metal listeners who, who may not know this, Victor has uh, done a lot for Talking Metal. He's done some interviews for Talking Metal. He's been in the, the studio here with us. Uh, he's co-hosted some stuff for Talking Metal. And uh, he also has his great Mars Attacks podcast plus some yes. other stuff. And yeah, definitely. Victor is definitely part of the Talking Metal family, uh, like one of the closest people to Talking Metal. Cool. We will try to get the phone line issue Sorry, fixed. Sorry, Victor. And great, in the meantime- great setup for a telephone call that we actually can't. Yeah. Uh, 
field. Right, and in the right. meantime, let's you know what? While we're while we got Jay on the line, let's do, uh, the, let's talk talk Jay, again, let's right? do the opening all over okay. again. So here you go. You're talking metal raw. We should call this talking metal raw. Yeah. Okay. So too bud friendly, friendly for the intro, and then we will start off. Take two. Coming uh, up. Take two. Yes. Go for it, bud. Attention humanoids, the silver spacecraft has landed. This is Talking Metal Raw. Now your hosts, Mark and John. Thank you, Bud Friendly. Hey, Mark, what's going on, man? It is great to be here with you, John. Let me take that again. <laughs> okay, let me take it again. Thank do you, it. Bud Friendly. Yes. How about that? He said Talking Metal Raw. Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, Let's maybe just do one talking without Talking Metal I thought that's yeah. what you wanted to call yeah, it. No, no, no. I was just kidding. Uh, take one without just saying Talking Metal. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> me, 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 me. me. <clears throat> A little vocal warm-up there. Attention, humanoids. The silver spacecraft has landed, and the occupants are hungry for metal. This is Talking Metal. And now, your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, guys, you are watching Talking Metal here, and I want to introduce my co-host. You guys might know him as a best-selling New York Times author. He recently had a book come out on VH1 Classics, Simon Schuster book print or company, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> the Ace Fraley book. It's the one and only John Astronomy. How Thank are you, John? You. I'm doing great. Thank you, Mark Striegel. Yeah, that was No Regrets by Ace Fraley, Joe Layden, and John Ostrowski. My real name I used on that, but here I am John Astronomy. We are happy to be back on Talking in Metal with our one and only Bud Friendly. I have not right. written any books and or read any books. So nice all. to have Bud Friendly back it in the definitely back in the fold. Is. It definitely is. It's and great to be breathing the air of freedom. Cool. Love and, it. and we Love wanted it, to talk some Iron Maiden with you guys because we recently caught up with Paul Diano, the great former Iron Maiden vocalist. Absolutely. And Legendary guy. Yannick Gers, too, the current guitar player, one of three Absolutely. from Iron Maiden. And a lot of you guys might not know this, but I, I always find this totally wild and crazy that Yannick, before he was in Iron Maiden, actually played with not only Paul Diano, but Cl Clive Burr, too. Wow. In a band called Gog Magog. Let's, wow. let's talk to Yannick right now and hear what he has to say about Gog Magog. Okay, so we'll be putting in him talking about Gog Good Magog deal. there. So guys, that was the retake of what they call the show open, so for all you listeners who are listening today. And all you listeners who have stopped listening. <laughs> this is the one and only time we're going to do one of these live radio shows where we're actually taping a TV show. So this is a, a very special moment for Talking Metal. So you just heard... Hours of preparation have, has gone into the production of this. Yes. Hours upon hours. So that was Yannick talking about Gog Magog, a band that featured all sorts of cool people like Neil Murray, played with Whitesnake, Pete Willis from Def Leppard... Paul Diano, former Iron Maiden vocalist, of course, Yannick Gears, of course, Yannick Gers, and um, also a guy named Clive Burr. Now, Clive Burr is not doing well lately. Yeah, he's he, been sick. He is sick, and I recently spoke to Paul about this, Paul Diano, original singer of Iron Maiden, and uh, here's what Paul had to say about Clive. You want to do one where I kind of set that one up? Sure. Okay. 
You say Mark recently yeah. spoke to him. So, guys, as you know, uh, unfortunately, Clive Burr has been very ill for a while, and you spoke to Paul Diano about it. I did, and here's what Paul had to say about Mr. Clive Burr. Okay, now one where I set it up. Okay, guys, uh, the you know things are going on, and everything happens. Now here we go. Here's the clip. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so we're going to do this kind of a thing for you guys. All right. I like Clive Burr. Clive Burr was in up until when Nico McBrain took over uh, on the Peace of Mind album, right? Yeah. Yeah. Little fact. Here's a clip. <laughs> so Gog Magog, kind of an obscure band featuring again Clive Burr, Paul Diano, and of course Yannick Gers, had a song written. They did a three-song kind of EP, and and the main song was written by a guy named Russ Ballard, who right. you're the Kiss expert. You know, you've been on TV as the metal expert, the Kiss yeah. expert, written books about Kiss. You have uh, produced for VH1 DVD release, right? The the Kissology. Yes. And uh, what was that, a three-part series? That was a three-part series, Kissology Volume 1, uh, Volume 2, and Volume 3. And it spanned pretty much the entire uh, KISS career, the the early days, uh, the non-makeup years, and then the reunion and beyond. So it was a a great DVD series produced by Alex Coletti with uh, Roger Coletti as a co-producer, Alex's brother. And uh, it was just a, a great opportunity to work with KISS. And, um, yeah, speaking of Russ Ballard. Yeah, Russ Ballard, the yeah. kind of the bridge between Kiss and, and Iron Maiden, if you will. Yeah, Russ Ballard is an amazing guy. He, he was in a group called Argent, and uh, some of you Kiss fans might know the song God Gave Rock and Roll to You too. Uh, that was a cover of Argent's God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Now, uh, Kiss fans will also know that Russ Ballard wrote the song New York Groove, and he also wrote the song Into the Night, which was uh, the first single off of Ace's Fraley's Comet record that came out in 1987. But what you may not know is R- Russ Ballard wrote a lot of other songs that I know that you guys have heard. He wrote a song called Liar by uh, Three Dog Night. He wrote... Um, uh, I'm just going to list a couple of songs. Yeah, some of it. these are rock, some of them aren't. He wrote with the Bay City Rollers. Um... He wrote I Surrender, uh, which was recorded by Rainbow, and also Stradivarius, a uh, little uh, uh, known fact. He wrote Just a Dream Away, by, uh, recorded by Roger Daltrey, Free Me by Roger Daltrey, uh, My Time is Gonna Come, Roger Daltrey. He wrote Let Me Rock You, recorded by Peter Chris, and that was the title of one of Peter Chris's post-Kiss solo yeah, records. Um, and then there's some, some really main... And then there's some... Well, let me, I'm going to take yeah. that over again. And he wrote some really, really well-known songs, and I'm just going to try to find it here. Since You've Been Gone, he wrote... He wrote uh, the Rainbow song? Yeah, Rainbow's 1980 hit, Since You've Been Gone, he wow. wrote that. And uh, he wrote stuff that wound up uh, Uriah Heep, uh, the, On the Rebound, uh, he wrote that. On the Rebound. W- yeah, which was uh, an Uriah Heep tune. And there was yeah, one... And, and he covered that solo, too, because I do oh, have okay. that on my iPod, yeah. Very cool. And then, you know that song, You Can Do Magic... Um, yeah. You can Ameri- do magic. Right. Yeah, sure. And then there's some little keyboard part there. He wrote that song. So wow. this guy has written like a ton of songs, and it's just amazing that everybody wants to cover Russ Ballard tunes. Cool. Well, this is kind of just this weird kind of anomaly of Iron Maiden characters before, you know, past and present. It yeah, was Gog Magog from, from the mid, mid-1980s, and this is a song. Paul Diano, Yannick Gers, and Clive Burr. Pete Willis, and Neil Murray doing a Russ Ballard song. This is called I Will Be There, 
and we will be right back on Talking Metal.
What you just heard was a little Iron Maiden here on Talking Metal. That was, of course, the classic Iron Maiden song, Prowler, originally appearing on the first Iron Maiden record. This time, a kind of uh, more obscure B-side version of it with uh, Bruce Dickinson doing the lead on that classic Paul Diano track. And of course, um, before that, we heard a little Gog Magog featuring Paul Diano on vocals doing a Russ Ballard song, if that all makes sense. So, guys, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll do this to camera. Thanks so much for joining us on Talking Metal. I am here with John Astronomy, and we do a show called Talking Metal. We've been doing it since... We do a show called Talking Metal. We've been doing it since 2005 in numerous formats. Probably our most popular format is the podcast version of the show. Right, which is also available at TalkingMetal.com and iTunes. Cool. And I was just told that the calls are fixed. So if you want to call in to the studio here, the yeah, number... Hopefully Victor from Spain will call back. The number... Once again, ladies, uh, any bud-friendly groupies who have the urge to uh, tickle the digits on your telephone, uh, please uh, just dial. I'm, I'm waiting here uh, to field your calls and answer your questions. We also have Todd Youth coming up from Ace Frehley's band. Cool. And, guys, Todd has been in a zillion bands. Agnostic Front, Murphy's Law, Danzig, Degeneration, Motorhead. Uh, the list goes on. It does, but... While we're waiting on Todd to show up, we recently caught up with Ace, a guy who John's written a book with, a guy who you've known for many, many years. Yeah, absolutely. I've known Ace Fraley since 1987. I met him in a small town called Old Forge, Pennsylvania, right when the Fraley's Comet record came out, and it was one of Ace's first Fraley's Comet shows after the album was released. Cool. And what did you talk to Ace about? So I talked to Ace about recording the album Anomaly. I talked to him about UFOs, and uh, we did a little jamming together, and just a great, great interview. And that kind of set the stage for me beginning to work with Ace. And uh, in 2011, I've been across the country a couple of, like two or three times with Ace, so it's been just an unbelievable experience. And co-writing No Regrets with Ace has just uh, been really one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And you even did a little playing with Ace at the interview. What did you guys jam on? Yeah, we jammed on the song. What song did we jam on? Um, the title track. Uh, no, Outer Space. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, we jammed on the track Outer Space. Cool. Which was the first single... Which was the first single off of Ace's last record, which is a couple of years old yeah, at this point, yeah. Anomaly. And if you haven't heard it, definitely pick it up. What else? Does he talk about cool. any songs or anything? Mm, yeah. Ace, yeah, he, Ace talked about... Uh Ace talked about a lot of the different tunes on the record. One of them that I thought was really great was a song called A Little Below the Angels. Cool, and we'll cut to that. Yeah. Great. And we, we should do something about uh, uh, Ace's UFO experiences. What, you want to set that one up? Now, Ace has had numerous abduction experiences or UFO encounters, encounters of the third kind. Uh, I know he talks about it in his book. He's spoken about it on the Eddie Trunk show before. And you actually spoke to Ace about it, too. Yeah, Ace told us... Yeah, Ace told me about the time that he thinks a UFO landed in his backyard... Cool. That should be good for the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, guys, let's all get you back to a real show. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's tell the the radio listeners what we were doing. That's how you set up segments when you're doing a TV show, guys. So, yeah, 
you know, you stop and you start, and uh, but that's what everybody does. So if you haven't ever, you know, seen a TV show, this is what happens. And and even when you're at like Conan O'Brien and stuff, and when you're watching it, it looks like it's all live and everything's great. They do stop and start on big shows like that too. Cool. Let's go to the we phone. We might stop a little bit more than Conan does, yeah. but uh, but they do it too. They do. Let's go to the phones right now. We have Victor from Spain phoning in to Talking Metal. Victor, how are you? Can you hear me? Oh, I guess Hi. I got it. There he is. Hey. hey, Victor. How are you, man? Hey, John. Victor, great to, great to hear from you. When are you coming back to the USA? Well, I wish I had a, a definitive answer for that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely got to come back. And, you know, we definitely should go to a show and, and uh, you know, do another Talking Metal Live like, like we did the other time that you came here. And it should be great. Absolutely. It was a blast doing it with you guys. Cool. Now, Victor, who are some of the people that you've... Uh, yeah, I'm laughing because Mark is laughing. Speaking of outer space, it sounds like Victor's phoning yeah. in from outer Victor, space. are you calling from outer space? When you talk, <laughs> we hear this like extraneous noise that sounds like, you know, other voices behind you. It's And I know it's not you. It's it just, it does sound a little bit like you're coming from outer space. I, I hear you guys with slight distortions. So <laughs> no, at that time, as soon as you start talking, there was like a beep. It really sounds like you're coming off of a spaceship. <laughs> I'm trying to fit into the uh, mode of the, uh, yeah, the show silver there. spacecraft. You are actually on the silver. Sp- Victor is on the silver spacecraft. So, Victor, <laughs> tell us again: Who have you interviewed recently for the Mars Attacks podcast? Recently, well, actually, this week I'll have interviews with uh, Vinny Apice, nice. obviously from Black Sabbath. Uh, he's got a new band called Kill Devil Hill. Um, <laughs> Steve Zing from Danzig, who you guys nice. played with. Nice. Yeah, as well. we jammed with Steve. Remember that, Mark? No. Yeah, happened? he played bass when we. Nah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, of course no. I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but tell us, let's go back to the Vinny thing. Um, and we have a bad connection with you, Victor, so I don't know how, if, how long we'll We're be able to continue this conversation. But Vinny revealed some, some kind of uh, interesting stuff that, that he actually continued jamming with uh, Geezer and Iomi, and they were actually thinking about maybe auditioning uh, another singer, right? Yes. That, that is correct. Um, he mentioned how uh, they tried with various other singers. Uh, Glenn Hughes, they tried with um, a Swedish guy whose name slips my mind. Jorn, right? They Jorn? They into it. Yeah. Hmm. Boy, Glenn oh. Hughes would be cool. I, I really What's like that guy's Glenn name? Hughes. Land Jorn or something? Uh, I don't know yeah. that guy. Jorn Land or something? Mm. Yeah. Uh, he t- I only mentioned it in his book. And of course, uh, uh, we're going to let you go, Victor, because we have a real bad connection. Whenever you talk, there's like crazy feedback. But uh, we will get some of the techni- technical issues here resolved soon. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, back to taking some phone calls. But thanks for checking in, man. And all you Talking sure. Metal listeners should definitely check out Mars Attacks. I can't wait to hear the uh, the Vinny Apice interview that's happening. And we are going to be joined in the studio by a very special guest. Let me take that again so it's clean. We are going to be joined in the studio by a very special guest shortly, Todd Youth, who's played with so many great bands, and he's currently playing with your man, Ace. Absolutely. So coming right up, we have Todd Youth. Cool. And in the meantime, why don't we get into a little Todd Youth? What could we uh, play here, John? We got um, a really cool track, actually. You by... got that Capricorn track? Yeah, I love, let's this. Do it. I love this track. Uh, let's see if we can pull it up here. Todd has played with so many amazing groups. Uh, look, we said Danzig, Agnostic Front when he was 12 years old. Uh, 
Murphy's Law, um, just a ton of people, Degeneration, uh, a bunch of bands that we've been fans of, and a bunch of other bands. Uh, he played with Glenn Campbell, yeah. which which I was always a fan of Glenn Campbell. Not metal, but uh, very, very cool. And uh, filled in with Motorhead. Lots of cool stuff. This guy is an amazing guitar player and an amazing person, too. That's one of the reasons I think he gets all the gigs, because he's such a cool guy. Cool. Well, we can't wait to talk to Todd. We're going to bring him right in the studio, and we'll be back in exactly three minutes. This is American Dream by Mr. Todd Youth and the band Capricorn. More Talking Metal coming up.
back with Talking Metal. And now your hosts, Mark and John. Yo! Hey, thank you, Bud Friendly. Hey, Mark, how you doing? We are very happy because in the studio we've got the one and only Todd Youth. Todd, hey. what's going on, buddy? How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me up here. Oh, Absolutely. thanks for coming, Todd. Now, if you guys don't know Todd Youth, he's played with everybody from... Glenn Campbell to Murphy's Law to Ace Frehley to <laughs> Agnostic Danzig. Yeah, I mean, so many different bands and projects. Let's go way, way back, Todd. How did you, when did you originally start playing guitar? I mean, you had to be very young. Yeah, no, my father's a guitar player, and um, so by the time I was like five or six, either there was a guitar was in my hands. Wow. And, and um, I had gotten into, one of the first live shows I went to was uh, Christmas Eve, 82, and I went to see the Bad Brains play at CBGB's. And that's when I started hanging out in the, the hardcore scene in New York. And I was really young. I was like 11 years old. And um, when I was 12, I joined a, kind of a legendary New York hardcore band called Agnostic Front. Uh, 12 years old. 12 years old. That's yeah. unbelievable. There's actually a video up on YouTube. If you look up uh, Agnostic Front A7 or Agnostic Front Earliest Footage, you see me at 12 years old playing wow. at this club downtown. Wow. And then, um, you know, in those days, most of the musicians, with the exception of the Bad Brains, most of the people playing, you know, hardcore punk weren't very good musicians. And I already been playing for a number of years and was, was really serious about it. So I was always, even though I was so young, I was able to get into bands with guys who were in their 20s. Because they like just technically and, and musically, yeah, musically, you just kind of knew yeah, it. That's a little and, bit more, um, yeah. You know... I, I had a quit agnostic front. I joined right before the United Blood 7-inch came out, and I had a quit that three months before they made Victim in Pain, which is their first full length. And uh, one of the first songs I ever wrote on that record, though, called With Time. And um, after that, because I was too young and I wasn't going to school and I was hanging out all night, so I was kind of made to quit the band. And um, Yeah. And then started, you, when you say made, like your were your parents kind of didn't yeah in the courts and, yeah you know oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. um and uh, then I started a band called Warzone and uh, I did my first record with that band it was uh, came it was actually Revelations Records the first release on Revelation uh, was the first Warzone seven inch and then um and then I joined Murphy's Law when I was fifteen. And right after I joined the band, we got asked to go out on tour with the Beastie Boys when Fight for Right to Party was the number sure. one song in the country. And, you know, I'd never really left the tri-state area. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, playing arenas and in a tour bus. And so I've kind of been chasing it ever since. And and after that tour, where, where like, what happened? Where did you well, end up next? I was in Murphy's Law for a long time. We made a few records, and we toured with the Ramones. We toured with Fishbone. We toured with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. We'd gone to Europe. Uh, we were one of the first New York hardcore bands to start touring Europe, and um, we were really grueling tours. We'd go over there and we'd play nothing but squats for thirty days straight, mm. no running water, you know, no right. toilets, and um, and then I joined a band called Degeneration, right, in in the mid nineties, and I did that. And when did you actually join? Mid nineties, like ninety five, was no, this, it was like, like ninety six, like, ninety seven. After No Lunch were, came out, yeah, yeah. after yeah. No yeah. Lunch, I started to, like they had been touring No Lunch when I joined the band, mm -hmm. and then we did five weeks with Green Day in the states and five weeks in Europe with Green Day, and came home from that and made uh, DJ's last record through the darkness, and there was a EP that had come out too. Was it you and Danny Sage in the band at that time? Yeah, it was me and Danny on guitar. Oh, okay, 
cool. Because you replaced Richard, right? Yeah, Rick. Richard, or yeah. Rick Marcus, right? Yeah. And, um, um, you know, we did that record through the darkness, and, and I could see that, you know, it was kind of coming to an end. So me and Michael, the drummer from DGen, started a band called Chrome Locust. Mm-hmm. And with Jim we, Hannigan. Jim Hannigan. With Jim Hannigan, right? exactly, yeah, yeah, sure. yes. Which Mark I saw you guys good play. good friends with Jim Hannigan. Times. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't saw, say good friends. But you saw Chrome yeah. Locust play? Yeah, wow. I think at the Continental, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah or was probably. it Seabees? I'm, I'm Seabees could have yeah. been, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I knew Jim. I haven't... I, 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 Kind of casually, but I remember just from hanging out down there. Didn't you do doing, something with Gene Simmons? It was Jim Hennigan, you and Gene Simmons at a VH1 shoot? Yeah. Uh, Possibly, I think he yeah, was there when possibly. you interviewed him for some show. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds it sounds uh, familiar. I, I know. I remember I was hanging with Jim at the un the, his brother and my brother. The four of us were hanging out at the Kiss Unplugged. Oh, show. Unplugged. Yeah. Cool. Wow. And yeah. Jim's also the guy who made the Kiss, Kiss loves, loves You, you video. Yeah. Right. Which I'm actually. I have a little cameo in there. Oh, cool. Yeah, he had interviewed me for that, but I, I don't <laughs> think I made the, the the cut. No, I don't. Yeah. That was good. I've I've seen that, but. He's got a great shot of me leaving the garden. For, I think it was the first or the second oh, night wow. of the garden. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Now, I want to get into the stuff that Todd is currently doing with Ace and all this stuff, but I, I want to talk about something that's pretty funny, that uh, one of your bands, you know, one of the bands you've been in, Agnostic Front, uh, was indirectly mentioned on Metalocalypse. Oh, was it? Yeah, and yeah. basically the way... Are you familiar with the show? Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Uh-huh. Which I think is just my like favorite show on television. And um, one of the guys, Swisscar, the uh, the blonde uh-huh. like shredder guitarist, he was naming all the bands that he was in. And the, like, they were talking about their past bands. And his first band was Agnostic Priest. Wow. <laughs> which was great. So that was definitely you know a reference to Agnostic yeah, Front. But, yeah. So I thought that was cool. So let's, let's kind of continue on with your history. We're, we were... You know, you toured with the Beastie Boys uh, into de- uh, not with the Beastie Boys, but opening for the Beastie Boys with Murphy's Murphy's, Murphy's Law, Law. Uh, and from there it was I then guess many years later would have been yeah. Degeneration. Was yeah. there? Were you with Murphy's Law yeah, right up until Law. you joined yeah, Degeneration? Like three or four records, and we were always on tour. Okay, we, had, we lived in a van for you know eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and had you known just the D-Gen guys from, from kind of the yeah, scene? Yeah, I, know, and I knew Jesse since I was probably about 12 years old. Right. Me and Jesse have been friends for a long time. Okay. And then um, I made one record with Chrome Locust, and that's when I got the call. All within one week, I got asked to audition for the Foo Fighters or join Danzig. Mm. And <clears throat> D-Generation at the end was so not fun. I was like, okay, what's going to be fun? It's not about the money. What's where am I going to have the most fun? And, and and was this to replace Pat Smear in? Uh... No, uh, Franz. Franz. It was Pat okay. already left and they had okay. Franz, and it would have okay. been repli- replacing. Chris Shiflett ended up getting the gig. He was actually standing there with me when um when I got asked. Uh, a guy who worked for them came up to me and said, "Hey, look, they want want to know if you want to audition." And Chris ran to a payphone. That's how long ago it was. It was pre- like pre cell phones. Wow. He ran to a payphone and got himself an audition, and he ended up getting the gig. And um, where were you at the time? Like I was New in York. York. Or in oh, I was okay. in New York, and um, so I flew out to California and and I started rehearsing with Danzig, and that was for the Satan's Child tour, and um, I ended up doing the Sam Hain reunion tour, where I I was doing two sets. I'd do a Sam Hain set, and we would do the blood and everything, and then I'd go take a quick shower, blow dry my hair, and come out and then do a Danzig set. So I'm uh, doing two wow. sets a night. And who was part of oh, the set? Was that was, was Steve Zing? It was Steve yeah. Zing, London May, me, and Glenn. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I stayed in Danzig for a few years, and I made um, 
did the record seven with him. Um, E. Lucifera, I think's what it's called. And yeah, well, let's talk about that record. You were also in a, a music video, which maybe on the TV show version of this, we'll we'll check out a little bit of the music video right now. Uh, Kiss the skull. Kiss the skull. Right. And and uh, any memories of shooting this video? What well, was um <clears throat> Joey? who was really the reason why I joined Danzig in the first place. Was, the drummer was Joey Castillo at the time. He's a drummer of Queens of the Stone Age now. And me and Joey's another one. We go back to, you know, the early 80s, and, and he's somebody I, he's one of my favorite drummers. He's somebody I always wanted to work with. So that's the real reason why I joined Danzig, was because I wanted ah, okay. to play with Joe. And um, made such a hard-hitting drummer. Yeah, he's I've seen him he's numerous times live. Yeah. And um, he, the next day, we did that video, and the next day is when he quit and joined Queens. Wow. Interesting. Cool. So let's... I mean, Dan- Danzig videos are always kind of the same, right? There's like, kind of like some strippery looking girl and <laughs> some bad CGI skulls and, you know, Glenn looking spooky into the camera. Well, let's check out Kiss the Skull right now on Talking Metal.
metal's back, John Mark. That was Kiss the Skull by Danzig featuring Todd Youth. Yes, it was. <laughs> here, he's right here. So, Todd, tell us about touring with Danzig. Did you have a, a close friendship with him, or were you yeah, kind of I mean, just you know, like... People bag on Glenn all the time, and they love to kind of talk trash on him, but he was, um, you know, he's really generous to the band. He, he really treated us good through the years. And um, how, how many years did you play with him? Well, I joined in uh, 99, and then I, I left in 2003. I'd gotten my own deal with Capitol Records, and that's when I left the band. And I came back again, and I did one more tour with him in 2000. I think it was the end of 2007. Maybe okay. or two, yeah, I think it was the end of 2007. I did one more tour with him. Um, must have been right before we went out and I did the interview with Glenn in late 2007. Yeah. Must yeah. have been right after that tour. Right, yeah. yeah John was at Glenn Danzig's house. Yeah. yeah. It's a very spooky house. <laughs> yep. Did it smell like cat urine? Yeah, I don't remember now, but I know there were cats around. Oh, there's but, a lot of cats. But yeah. I don't know if I was at that house. I was at the one that had the waterfall. Okay, that's he actually bought uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's old house, right? Yeah, right. Which we weren't allowed to to say, say at the time. Uh, at yeah. the time it wasn't a cat urine waterfall. Yeah, I heard was about it? that other house. I, I don't think I was at. Yeah, I wasn't at that was, house. Yeah. That was a messed up house. <laughs> that house was, it looked like the Adams family. And and then at some point you started. I mean, uh, Jesse Mellon, of course, has done a lot of successful solo stuff uh -huh. since Degeneration. Uh, probably in, in a lot of ways, maybe more successful than Degeneration, if you will. Uh, you've been a part of that too, at least on the, the touring front. Yeah, and, have and you... we've been, you know, we've been writing in his next record. I toured with him for about 18 months. Yeah. And, um, but we got to backtrack, man. There's a whole lot of stuff we're yeah, missing. Let's, okay. Yeah, let's Okay. We want to talk about back, Motorhead. And, That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after Danzy, I got in my own deal and, uh, with Capital and I've had a band called the Chelsea Smiles and we released an EP on Capitol, and we did two indie records, and we toured a whole bunch. We toured with the New York Dolls, we toured with Social Distortion, we toured Europe. Um, and then um, I'd gotten a call on a Friday night from Todd Singerman, who manages Motorhead, that Phil Campbell's mom had died. Okay. And um, they were <clears throat> finishing up a tour, and would I be interested in fin finishing out the tour playing guitar? And, I, you know, Motorhead, since I was uh, 10 years old, is one of my favorite bands, and... Um, you know, I was a little kid. I used to sit in my bedroom and listen to No Sleep Till Hammersmith with the headphones on and just stare at the album cover, you know, for hours. Like, you know, this is what I want. I want Marshall Stacks, man. I want, you know. And um, and I'd known those guys from, from when I was in Danzig. We used to rehearse next door to each other. And I figured I'd have a few days to get it together. And, and the manager goes, okay, I need you on a plane Sunday morning. You got to do your first show Sunday night. And... um. You know, so I finished out the tour. I did. I did. So uh, you didn't have like a formal audition with them or anything. No, I played. Or? I there was times where it's like you know Lemmy wouldn't be at rehearsal and Phil was working on his guitar sound, so he'd be like, "Come on, and just play Lemmy's bass while we run through a couple songs." Or, okay. And this so would for, be out in L.A. at like a rehearsal <laughs> in Los studio. Angeles, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, or Phil wouldn't be there, and I would play Phil's guitar, and I'd run through a couple of songs with them. So they knew I knew the old material, <clears throat> but there was a lot of new stuff I I, I hadn't you know. And would you just be in this like the the room next door rehearsing with your own band, and then or Motorhead would be in? Yeah. Oh, with Danzig, yeah. right? Yeah, we used to rehearse next door to each other, Motorhead and Danzig. Cool. Was that at Mates or where'd you guys do yeah, that? Yeah, that was at Mates, cool. in the Valley. And um, so you know, I went out and and they said, you know, well, you, your sound check on Sunday will make it a real long one, like a rehearsal. And I get there, and you know, Lem's like, "What two songs you need the most work on?" And I'm like, 
Sacrifice, and it was something else new. Sacrifice right. is kind of a really weird, odd time song. And I ran through those two songs, and he's like, you're fine, puts his bass down and walks off. So isn't <laughs> that, that amazing? Yeah, yeah. You t Todd told me this story. So here's the thing. He's about to go on a Motorhead tour, and let me just like, he says, okay, you know, try this one song, and it, it sounded good. Let me, it's like, okay, we're going to do the concert. Yeah. I don't even need to hear you play. That's how much he trusted you, which yeah, is great. Well, you know, because he knew I was a fan, and I made sure, like. It's very Chuck Berry. You ever hear about cool. it? Oh, he yeah. would just hire, yeah, like, just a local about band. That the yeah. other day. Yeah. Um, you know, I made sure any of these gigs that I've done where I've had to take somebody's place, like, you know, I'm not going to try and reinterpret the guitar solo to mother like people want to hear it the way they've been listening to that song for 20 years right i'm not going to reinterpret the guitar solo to ace of spades because you know i know if i was in the audience i want to hear it the way fast eddie clark played it right yeah. so you know i know that the motorhead fans were really really stoked you know when i did those shows because i came out and i and i did i had the bullet belt on and a cowboy shirt and i just made sure it was rock and roll and wow um, very cool you know so i did i did a handful of shows with them and um i came home from that and i'm still doing the chelsea smiles and let's then, talk about that band who who actually was in that band with you uh that was me um a guy named carl who plays drums for michael monroe now um guy johnny martin who plays bass with me in uh, jesse mallon's band and um a couple different guitar players through the years other guitar players and then, who was the singer in that band? I, I, it was me and this guy Sky would switch on and off. Oh, okay. And um, it was just a good, dirty rock and roll band, and um, and it was around that time when I guess yeah, I finished touring it, and then that's when I started doing the studio stuff, and I started doing a lot of session work in L.A. And I did Cheap Tricks' last record, and I played on Glenn Campbell, the old country guy's record, and um, I started touring with him, and. Um, and that's when I got the call to play with Ace. Actually, I was writing with Michael Monroe. I had written some stuff with Wednesday 13 from the Murder Dolls for the project called Gunfire 76, and I kind of bailed out on that. And then I was writing with Michael Monroe. I helped put it, put his new band together, Michael from Hanoi Rocks, and um, and that's when I got the call to to join Ace's band. For the Australian tour. Now, I want to uh, talk about that, but I want to backtrack a second. And I was wondering if you can tell the story that you told me um, about how out of all the people that you played with, the, the one person that was that, that your dad was really impressed with was Glenn Campbell. T yeah, tell I mean, tell, would, tell know, us I'd the have, story. I would have my father come out when I played in Danzig, and you know, I'd have a Marshall stacks and tons of guitars and techs and tour buses and you know, all this stuff. And... He would look at it and he'd be like, you know, you need all this? You know what I mean? Because he comes from that school of just like, right. take your guitar, you plug it into an amp and you play. And it comes off your hands. And, um, you know, I'd call him up. I'm like, you know, I just played on Cheap Tricks' new record. He's like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, I just played on this record. So I call him up. I'm like, hey, Dad, I just played on Glenn Campbell's new record. And he goes, oh, my God, this is your big break. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and... um <laughs> and I'd done that tour with Danzig in 2007, and he was going out again, like doing another Halloween run. So I had a choice. I could either go out with Danzig or go out with Glenn Campbell because I got asked to, to join his touring band after we did all the, the promo for the album. And, um, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And I called my dad, and, and he's like, well, you know, you'll make the right decision. So I, I, I finally made the choice. Like I needed at that point in my life to, to do something different musically. And... I started touring with Glenn Campbell, and we got to I got to work with orchestras for the first time, and like you know rehearse with the right. 
the London Philharmonic at Abbey Road Studios, like all oh. these amazing things. And um, I called my dad and I said, yeah, you know, I made up my mind. I'm going to go with play with Glenn Campbell. And, and he goes to me, he goes, you know, to people my age, that's as good as playing with Elvis Presley. Cool. Because, you know, Glenn in the 70s had the TV show and, you know, he sold 40 million records or something. And, and Yeah. I mean, um, and even in the 70s, he kind of had a, a, you know, I mean... It, when was he most popular in the sixties? Late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, because you know? well, I know Wichita like Lyman like Rhinestone Cowboy, which a lot of people thought was kind of a sellout, right? I right, mean, and that, that was mid seventies. That was, that was yeah, okay. but it was a huge hit. Yeah, enormous, enormous hit. Yeah, I, yeah. I liked it as a kid. Uh, and uh, you know, it was great. It was great working. Glenn had been a session player first, and you know, so I think he saw a little something of himself in me. And um, but yeah, that's when I when I, I got asked to to to. Well, I'd actually been asked to play with ace when they yeah, first the, put the, the original when, when anthony it, first put the band together. yeah but i had i had committed to do that dancing tour and that's why I, had, I said listen i already committed to this i can't bail on them and um so then derek had left the band and they called me up and and uh, i went and met my audition was to go meet with ace at a restaurant and yeah. and much like lemmy he was like uh, i don't even think you guys rehearsed he was just yeah. like you know this songs right you know and you're like songs. yeah T- tell us about that because you told me about what happened at this lunch audition well yeah i well i had gone from a photo shoot with michael monroe and um and i knew i wasn't going to stick around for that thing because i really wasn't that happy with his manager and stuff and i I love michael to death and but i just i'd been down that that road too many times with bad management and um so i got the call to do this australian tour with ace and we met up at uh barney's beanery in la which used to be like jim morrison and janice joplin's like favorite watering hole and um and that was it. We just sat down. We talked. We talked about New York. We talked about this and that. And I mean, Ace has always, you know, been Ace is like my Chuck Berry or my Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know what I sure. mean? It's my favorite guitar player. So um, the hardest thing for me was having to learn the Paul Stanley parts, right? Because yeah, you, you knew, you knew the Ace parts, parts. right? But um, and we hit it off, and and that was it. And he was like, "You know the songs, right?" And I was like, "Well, we're gonna rehearse, rehearse in Australia." He's like, "Ah, oh, you know the songs, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe we'll do something in a hotel room. But, you know, yeah. it's right. a trial by fire. And, That's great. Yeah. And then w- here's what was crazy. When you went down to Australia, you got sick yeah. at the beginning of the tour. Tell yeah. us about that. I had, um, we get to this hotel room. We, You know, it's a really long flight. I think it's like it was 18 hours or 20 hours of traveling, you know, from L.A. We, L.A. to Sydney and then Sydney to Perth. I think we flew or Adelaide or something. We get to this really nice fancy hotel room or hotel and everybody checks into the rooms and, and they had some like pre-made like raspberry iced tea drink in a fancy bottle. So I'd fallen asleep because I was all jet lagged. I woke up and I drank that and, and I got food poisoning. Oh, wow. So for my first show with, with Freely, I was, you know, it was a garbage can behind the amps and in between songs, I'd just go run and throw up and oh, boy. they had to get Damn. a doctor to give me a shot because I couldn't, you know. I never had food poisoning either. I always, every anytime everybody has been like, "Oh, food poison." I'm like, hey, "You just hung over." You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. That was yeah. the worst. Man, but the shows went great. Yeah, Australia was amazing, and me and Freely ended up becoming really good friends and hitting it off. And um, yeah, we just don't play enough. Right. Yeah. No. Well, I it's know. funny. I in it, to circle kind of back around then to the Jesse Mellon stuff. When I saw you guys in Asbury Park, I, I ran up and 
tried to attempt to talk to Jesse Mallon, who was in the audience at that show. And, uh, and the Freely show, yeah. yeah. The recent Freely yeah, show, and, yeah. Uh, I think he got freaked out as soon as I started talking about degeneration stuff. And he shook my hand, <laughs> smiled, and kind of ran to the other <laughs> side of the room. But um, We he, had actually, he, me and, me, how I ended up working with Jesse was I played a New York show with Ace two years ago now, I guess it is, right? Or something like that, when mm-hmm. we did the Nokia or the Best Buy. Right. And Jesse, I uh, put him on the guest list, and he came to the show, right. and then after the show... Me and Jesse had gone out, and he gave me a copy of which was his last record that just came out, Love It to Life. And it wasn't out yet, and um, I listened to it on the plane. I flew home to L.A. the next morning, and, and um, I listened to it on the plane, and I called him up when I got home. I was like, man, this is the best thing you've ever done. If you ever need right. any help, call me. And so a few weeks later, he says, he calls me up. He's like, I got a West Coast tour. I hate my band. I want to fire him. Can you put something together for me? And, you know, we did two rehearsals in LA and then our first show was in front of 5,000 people us and the Cold War kids oh wow in San Jose and it was only going to be that tour but you know there was there's obviously some chemistry there me and him have known each other a long time we've worked together a bunch sure so then it was like all right, well I'll go do the UK with you then after that I was like okay I'll do the States with you and it just kind of kept going and going and going and you know we toured really hard for 18 months and um, so now we're just kind of going to go away for a little while and we've been writing and demoing stuff and Cool. Now, you know what the coolest thing, Todd, is when when I first you know joined the the Ace Crew on tour, and uh, the first gig that I was on was at Mohegan Sun right. up in Connecticut. And the coolest thing is you uh, had done the Australian tour, and uh, but we kind of almost I mean you had that one group of shows before I came on but I think the cool thing is is that I feel like me and you kind of came on almost together at the same time yeah. Right? yeah and what was great is even on that first uh date that I was on I remember after the show me and you were in the uh casino like commissary hanging out eating dinner right and I just wanted to thank you because you really made me feel uh comfortable for my first time out on the road with the band oh wow so it was, it was really thank cool <laughs> so, so Todd let me ask you if we were to like really seriously talk about jamming American Dream, which I think is just a great song, by the way. Oh, by, talk by about th- that, Capricorn. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, well, yeah. Phil from Monster Magnet side project. Y- yeah. Yeah. It, Capricorn, guys, is a which if you've been listening to the podcast, you heard this before uh, Todd came on the show. We, we played a song, a couple songs by Todd, one being a song called American Dream by the band Capricorn. It, it, it's such a great song. I've listened to this like, like numerous times on my iPod uh, since you sent it to us. Great, great stuff. Um, would you consider jamming this song with John and I? And I would who, love to. And who, first, you'll have to maybe meet up with us once ahead of time to show us how to play it. Yeah. <laughs> and then second, who who can we get on drums? Uh, would you, you want to do well, drums? See, or? I, I think I'd want to do like a rhythm guitar part. Okay. If I well, could. I, could, I, I could do bass. I don't know. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. You guys toes, got a budget? Though. I could get us to get Filthy Animal Taylor in. Oh wow! What, That'd be possibly. pretty amazing. I, yeah. I, we can we can we we the the short answer to that is no, okay. but the second but answer to that is, is maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or we can get uh, Ty. Is Smith. he in New York? No, no, that's why I was kidding. Yeah, we can get Ty Smith, who's going to be. We're going to do a cat. We're going to do a full length record sometime this year in 2012 because we we had written when I got off the Motorhead tour. You know, I feel like. I feel like Motorhead hasn't made a really good classic Motorhead rock and roll record in a long time. So I was like, I'm going to write Lemmy a record right. of just classic Motorhead songs. And obviously, you know, he doesn't need my help. But um, <laughs> So me and Phil from Monster Magnet is one of my best friends. And 
He's a total motorhead freak too. We decided like, well, let's do something that, you know, let's take these songs that I'd written and do something with it. And we called the band Capricorn, which is Lemmy Sign. Mm. That's his, okay. his sign. Oh, cool. That's why we called it Capricorn. And um, so we did the seven inch that came out on uh, Monster Magnets. Monster Magnet has their own little label now. And so the seven inch came out on that and it just sold out in Europe. And um, so this year we're going to do a full length. And cool. we're going to have this Ty Smith, who used to be in Godhead and the Vandals and Bullets and Octane. Okay. He also plays with Jesse now. He's going to play drums on it. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. cool. Now, who played drums on the track that we have? That's Carl, who's That's the Carl. drummer okay, from Michael Monroe's band. Right, yeah. right. I got you. Okay, cool. He used to also be in, um, oh, God, he was in some really funny progressive metal band. Oh, God, what are they called? Oh. Not Stradivarius, but it's like one of those aggressive metal bands. Stradivarius, aren't they? Are they Jersey? There's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just one of them horrible. He was yeah. one of those horrible. I know uh, the guy that um, Metal Asylum, Rich. Yeah, that's he like his favorite them. band, yeah. Stradivarius. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you go on Blabbermouth, it's like. Also, Everything is Stradivarius. It's Stradivarius. The guy from Stradivarius farted, and they'll like put a post up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Cool. Well. <laughs> We'd love to jam this song with you. If we can work it out, maybe we can I'd do it at the do Gibson yeah. Studios. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we can make that happen sometime soon. I got to get you guys some more Capricorn stuff because we, we did record three songs. Yeah, you know okay. what we should There's do is actually jam a couple of tunes. There was one for a download. Yeah. Like ah, if you bought okay. the seven inch, you got you But the, it's not on iTunes yet, right? No. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, well, we're I, keeping it real. Keeping it real, right? Keeping okay. it real. Cool. Well, cool. If somebody wanted to purchase. Capricorn music. Is there a site or somewhere they can go? I think through the Monster Magnet. What's the seven inch sold out though? Because we did a limited. I think it was a limited pressing of a thousand, and it sold yeah. out. Cool. So I'm sure if you go on, you know, BT Junkie or one of them sites, you could probably get it. And the Monster Magnet label is, that's run by like like Dave Wendorf. Yeah, Wendorf. Or, okay. Wendorf does it. So have you had many Studio, encounters with him? Do you know him? Called, oh, I know Wendorf for years. Yeah. They actually, when Ed left the band, when Ed Mundell left the band. Uh, right after making this new record, they had asked me to to take Ed's place, but I was and uh, Ed is still playing with it. He's Atomic Bitchwax. I don't right? know. Is he is, doing Bitchwax? I don't know. Anymore? I, I don't, don't know. know. We. Uh, I know he's got some new band with Carmen Apiece and ah, I forgot okay. what it was called. Mm. Interesting. But uh, yeah, they had asked me to to take Ed's place, but I had a we had the tour with hey, Ace stuff. coming up, and I, right. I I couldn't you know I couldn't commit. I had a chance to meet Phil through you, which was great, mm -hmm. uh, down at the uh, one of the Atlantic City shows right. that, that we did, yeah. and uh, he was a really cool guy. Uh, you know, we definitely should have Phil uh, up here at some point too. Yeah, on, you guys should get Windorf up here too. Yeah, we've yeah, had him calling. Yeah, we've had him calling, but we've never yeah. had him up. So let me ask both you guys. Actually, is there any plans for for like I know when we spoke with Ace on the phone, he he said possibly he was gonna. You know, maybe do he seems uncommitted about new music. He was talking about this this stuff from the Volts that might come out. Uh, do you guys think that there will be another Ace record? I'm at sure some point? there's definitely going to be another Ace record at okay. some point. Yeah, there's lots of talk, and 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 you know, hopefully, me and him are going to do some writing together. But that hasn't happened as of yet. Not yet. Uh -huh. Not yet. Okay. I think everybody just tried to get wanted to get through the holidays. Yeah. Okay. He had sprained his, you know, or he had. His wrist, yeah. We had to and, cancel the UK run, and, yeah. and so I think everybody just kind of wanted to get through the holidays and his, his hand and, to get better, and, um, and we'll probably start, you know, next few weeks start talking. 
Yeah. One of the cool things is like out in the road, Todd, you used to play me some of the cool tracks that you've been working on, mm-hmm. some stuff that you've written the, the specifically for the Ace Project, and then just some of your other tunes. And, and you've had some stuff. There, there were even some songs that you had that I know that you didn't want to use anymore, but the stuff that I just thought was great, like wow, just thanks, stuff man. in your in your you know repertoire, stuff that you've recorded. And I just love to go over all those again because T- Todd would bring his uh, Mac computer uh, along with him on the road, and he just had a ton of cool stuff on there. But yeah, I mean, I'm always right and I actually I I go through spurts where it's like you know for three or four months I'll write I'll write I'll write I'll write and um but now it's been you know I just did I, I, we were just talking it was like 90 songs or 100 songs I've had to kind of go through in the past like three months because I had the ace tour then I had a tour with Jesse of the UK um then I did this this three shows that was like a tribute to the replacements because this documentary right, just that was very out. cool and um and now I'm playing with Robert Gordon, uh, an older rockabilly artist. Tomorrow, right? Yeah, actually, B.B. King's tomorrow night. Okay. Um, and Thursday, we're doing, uh, it's like the Light of Day benefit down in Asbury. That's like the Thursday, Friday, side, some Springsteen ah, okay. thing. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that Thursday. And, you know, so I had to learn 30 of his songs or like 10 Presley tunes and then 20-something of his songs. Man. I mean, so, it's amazing. So you've like learned about a hundred songs like in the last, last couple, couple of months. months. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. So. And and you know, Todd, one of the things that I think is great about your guitar playing is you're just such a, a tight player. And uh, I, I think that's one of the, you know people might ask how does this guy get to be in all these different bands? But th- that's why because you know what you're doing and you, and you go up there and you play tight. And one of the things I think is cool is if, when you're playing somebody else's solo you're not trying to like reinvent the solo uh, you know on your own stuff you do your own thing but I, I like clean players who aren't trying to like yeah. you know you know prove to everybody you know oh I'm such a great guitar player I'm gonna change it and make it my thing yeah, you know people, that's what classic I said before. Song. people want to hear you know right. what I mean what they know right you know the, 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 you know you could you could put a little bit of your own thing in there but you know I don't like to stray too far from it Right. Um, you know what, Todd, one question I had, and I, the, I haven't been on like lots of rock and roll tours like you have, have been on, but the, the thing that was really just such a great experience for me in 2000, uh, especially in 2011, was, was touring with you and touring with Ace. And uh, I wanted to ask you, what were some of your favorite memories from, from this whole year of playing with Ace? Um. Like some of the best shows, I can I can remember. I think I, Cleveland was definitely Cleveland was one of the best. Playing, you know, anytime playing in New York for me uh-huh. with Ace is really special because this is my hometown, right? And you know, there's always a lot of friends and family at the show. Um, so you know, so for me to be able to to play New York Groove in my hometown with Ace Freely, you know, the guy who I, whose posters I had on my wall as a little kid, you know, it really means a lot to me. Right. So obviously, anytime I get to play New York, you know. Something about the Cleveland show, I don't know if it's just because it's such a blue-collar, rock-and-roll town, man. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah. yeah the, I read uh, a review of that lot, somewhere online. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. said the Cleveland show yeah. was one of the best. Yeah. Uh, what were so, some of even just the fun times on tour? I can remember me, you, and Scotty Coogan, the drummer, um, in an Outback Steakhouse in Bozeman, Montana. Oh, I my mean, God, that's right. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, there's such, you know, guys, uh, you're talking about listeners, um, I had such a great time just out in the road. And it was a lot of hard work, too. I mean, being on the road is not, you know, all fun and games. I mean, for me, it was very hard uh but but there were just some great moments not to mention the crabs yeah yeah absolutely you know we 
I hope nobody in the band had that. But uh, although, if you read, I meant, Ace, I meant the crabs that you ordered oh, at Outback oh, Steakhouse. Yeah, there is a lot about good. crabs. Yeah, in there's Ace's a lot about books. crabs. Soft and shell. No regrets. So yeah. if you want to, crab cakes. Follow up on that. Pick up No Regrets by Ace. It's a great book. Oh, thank yeah. you, Todd. Thanks very book, much. Um, but yeah, I, some of the my my favorite moment, moments. I remember that Bozeman gig. I think uh, Johnny Sprague is one of the great guys that traveled with us. Has a great shot of you uh, at the sound check for that Montana show. Is that Maybe the we'll, one where I'm holding the can of Diet Dr Pepper? Yeah, yeah. That was it. We'll post that on TalkingMetal.com dot com right. Right, so people can cool. see it. But I, I, that Bozeman show was great. I'm trying to think of uh, d- two Detroit shows. There was the one with Alice Cooper. I thought that was a that cool was gig. an amazing. Yeah, that was an amazing show. Um, yeah. Cooper's band was amazing. It was, you know, who, who's I, playing with Alice Cooper now? Do you guys know? Were, like, yeah, it was uh, Damon. Kid, right? Damon, yeah. who's playing for Thin Lizzy now. That was like his mm. last gig. Uh, Chuck Garrett, old friend of mine from LA, is playing. Did he used to be in Quiet Riot too? Chuck Garrett. No, Chuck oh. was in Dio's band at one. Oh, point. okay, that's that's right. Um, Glenn Sobel's on drums. Um, he's got uh, Steve Hunter, who was the original guitar player on Welcome to My Nightmare, playing with him. Ah, uh, okay. Who used to play with Lou Reed also? Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, any I I really can't say I've really had a bad show mm-hmm. with what- Freely. Well, I guess we're we're kind of wrapping things up here with Todd. So, what what song is your favorite to play live? You mentioned New York Groove. Are there any uh, others we could well, play to? Uh, you know, as an outro you know what here? was a lot of fun on this tour was uh, that I got to sing and play Flaming Youth. Flaming oh, Youth. guys, that's what we got to talk about. Todd, the the hit of the last you know group of shows, without a doubt, the one song that all the fans couldn't stop talking about was "Flaming Youth." And Todd sang lead vocals. And what's pretty cool is that Ace would step aside and, and moved like to the you know stage left or stage stage yeah. right, and and you would go and take over the center stage spot. And what I thought was even cool is you didn't just go over there and you know somebody would start the song. You went over and you talked to the crowd and you got them pumped up. And uh, that, without a doubt, was the hit of the last ace run wow in my opinion and, and i think in a lot of the fans opinions Thank too and you. and you guys really did a great job pulling the song off it sounded great and and you being on lead vocals was just the song really i never cool. think i heard kiss play live I, you know they did it twice it, it, really once in jersey city right jersey city and yeah. then canada and they i i from what i heard it was that peter had problems playing it live and that's why they pulled it uh, wow it was an encore song that's they would cool. do it on the encore yeah, and such a cool tune. That there's you got to show me the guitar part because there's, there's one part that I just I can't figure out what exactly the doing because I just can't hear the part. Well, it's got to be a freely yeah. thing because it's some weird time. Like yeah. Ace, like <laughs> you know, most musicians you count in fours, eights. You know what I mean? Ace is like three, five. <laughs> you know, he's, he's just completely. Oh. You know. Yeah, it, it must be the 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 numerical system in, in from Jindal. Jindal, yeah, yeah. Yes, Out of there space. you go. Okay, well, on that note, why don't we? Uh, Get an ID from you, Todd, uh, saying your name, and you are listening to Talking Metal. And and you're watching Talking Metal. And you're watching Talking Metal. Let's do both. Okay. And then we will uh, check out a little Flaming Youth by Kiss. Hey, this is Todd Youth, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Great. And now let's do a You're Watching Talking Metal, and you can look right into that camera. Hey, this is Todd Youth, and you're watching Talking Metal. Stupid and I 
And we're back with Talking Metal, Talking Metal, Talking Metal. I don't have my cans on. Thanks, Bud Friendly. Thanks for hooking up the interview with Todd Youth. That was yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks to Todd Youth. What we just uh, heard was really, Hatred. Really appreciated it. Hatred by Degeneration featuring Todd Youth, of course. So uh, that was great. And hopefully we're going to be jamming with him soon. We should Absolutely. jam the Capricorn... We should jam the Capricorn song, American Dream, and maybe something else if we can come up with something. Yeah. Be nice to have two songs to yeah, bang do. out. and uh, That would be a good idea. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, I think when this is all packaged together, it'll make a nice TV show. Yeah. And I was thinking real quickly, maybe we could just set up some outro um, with... What interviews have we done? Remember we did Triumph? We, didn't we talk yeah, to them yeah. about videos? We did Triumph, right. And we had Bumblefoot on, stuff that yeah. we never aired. Uh, who else big have we shot interviews with? Mike Portnoy on except, his bus. Uh, Peter yeah, Baltz yeah from we except. never really used that, did we? Um, um, Headbangers Ball passed on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, You know, we got a lot of stuff. You know, Mark, I think we can... Hmm. Yeah, do we want to try to set it up now? Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna end with some triumph music because I think we should maybe include music videos in this pilot. Yeah, okay. Um, well, why so don't we even we'll, say like we'll throw to the guys to Trump um, from Triumph, and then maybe end with one of their 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 videos. Okay, Does that sound good. Do you remember back in the day the US Festival? I the US Festival in 1983 was one of the coolest. Uh, coolest concerts up, up until I'm going to take that over guys the US Festival in 1983 was one of the coolest concerts I remember Van Halen was there Quiet Riot was there uh, Ozzy was he Ozzy there? was there yes Motley Crue was actually there but on my see I used to watch it on my, my Betamax and it was like cool. it, I had it taped from a friend it was dub a dub of a dub because wow. we didn't have MTV we didn't have cable but I had a dub of a dub on uh, Betamax of the US Festival oh, now Motley cool. Crue had played but we didn't but they weren't on the MTV airing oh, of the it. show. And it was right, like three right. songs each. There was Quiet Riot. There was, uh, I think, uh, who came after? Was it Priest or mm, Ozzy after? I don't, I don't know. But it was Priest, Ozzy, Quiet Riot, Triumph, Scorpions, wow. and of course, Van Halen. I um, listened Heavy to Metal Day, the Us Festival, 1983. I listened to it on a boombox that was a, a radio slash boombox. It was a Panasonic uh, <laughs> boombox. And outside in front of the garage of the first house I, I ever uh, was in. And I don't know if I was hearing it live, like the, being broadcast on the radio or what. But I remember uh, listening to the Us Festival back in uh, 1983. That was what, summer 1983? Summer of 1983. And again, Triumph, one of the, the great bands that were on the bill that day. We recently caught up with those guys in New York City and, and uh, chatted a bit with them. So we're going to kind of do an outro here. We're going to check in with the guys from Triumph and we're going to get into some Triumph music here on Talking Metal. And uh, again, there were there were always two great progressive hard rock bands, three pieces from Canada. Rush. One being Rush and the other, if you don't know Triumph, do yourself a favor and check out Triumph. And now let's check in with the guys from Triumph here on Talking Metal. Guys, thanks for watching.
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.